Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Hey, let me remind you to tune in to Register Radio, Saturdays at 4 Eastern, Sundays at 11 on uh, EWTN Radio. Uh, Jeanette DeMello and Matthew Bunsen do a great job there shining the truth of the gospel on the events of the day. And I uh, want to make sure I emphasize the value of that program. We have uh, the bishops of Virginia have condemned a bill advancing in the state legislature that could legalize assisted suicide, warning that it makes the most vulnerable even more vulnerable and puts them at risk of deadly harm. There's a proposal in Colorado from two Democratic legislators that wants to allow residents of other states to obtain medically assisted death in Colorado and cut down the waiting time to make the request. Uh, again, this issue is moving along, and with me to kind of bring us up to speed on it is Wesley Smith. Wes is chair and senior fellow at the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism. He's a consultant to the Patients' Rights Council and host of the Humanized podcast. He's authored 13 books, including Culture of Death, uh, The Age of Duharm Medicine, and you can follow him on Twitter at the Wesley J. Smith. You can see his articles, too, at National Review and First Things and other places. Wes, good to have you back here. Thank you. Al, thank you for having me. Let's uh, let's look at this Colorado bill. Uh, have you had a chance to get the scene there? Yeah, and it, th- this is already the law in Oregon and Vermont. Uh, what states are doing that have legalized assisted suicide, and it's also, by the way, there's a proposal in Illinois to legalize assisted suicide, and it does not require that the person who kills themselves with the help of a doctor be an Illinois resident. So what this is is an attempt to nationalize assisted suicide and basically create states all across the country that are going to be like Switzerland. Switzerland allows suicide clinics where people fly from all over the world to be made dead, and then they go home in the hold of the plane in a coffin. Uh, the same thing is uh, is what they're trying to do here. Since they've been unable to sweep the country you know, nationally with all 50 states, they're just going to allow people to drive a couple of hours or take a, a two-hour flight and get assisted suicide uh, in a state where it's legal but is no longer requiring residency. Wow. So it becomes a de facto uh, nationalization exactly. of assisted suicide. Exactly, because there's never enough assisted suicides for the euthanasia movement. And I would also add that uh, some of these states, uh, Oregon and I believe Vermont, allow assisted suicide by Zoom or by Skype, meaning you don't actually have to meet the doctor who provides the lethal prescription. You can do the um, the discussion over the Internet. How's that fit in with their claim of strict guidelines? <laughs> <laughs> the strict guidelines have always been baloney. Yeah. And it's just a, um, you know, the strict guidelines when they say, oh, we're going to protect and it's just going to be limited. And as soon as the law is enacted, the guidelines become obstacles. And you start to see in the media, this person had a difficult time getting an assisted death is the term that they tend to use. Mm -hmm. It's assisted suicide uh, or it's euthanasia if it's a lethal injection. So the the point of this, of course, is not terminal illness. The point is killing is an acceptable answer to suffering. And there are people who suffer more 
and who suffer for a longer period than people who have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. And so you see in most places in the world where it's been legalized, terminal illness is not a restriction. It still is here in the states uh, that have legalized it because the country as a whole has not swallowed the hemlock. But as soon as they do, uh, these uh, limitations, and as you mentioned in the introduction, uh, they're already being liberalized, shorter waiting times. You don't necessarily have to have doctors do the prescribing. You can be a certified nurse practitioner, this kind of thing, because a lot of doctors, most doctors, and I wish all doctors, don't participate in this. So in order to make sure more people can be made dead, some states are now allowing non-doctors to prescribe lethally. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, so I guess, uh, let me, let me back up just a bit here. I don't it, usually leave you speechless. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm beginning to feel, um, well, I feel like I'm drowning sometimes when I hear about these things. And what, what, let me ask you this, um, talk about the, the suffering. Mm-hmm. They, that's always held up as we need to, uh, eliminate the suffering now, what, where are we uh, medically in the state? Where are we in relieving pain? How, how well can we relieve pain? Pain can always be alleviated. It cannot necessarily always be eliminated. Yeah. Uh, but there are ways to do this. On the, on the other hand, there's a problem because opioids are under attack and opioids can be used to relieve pain because of the uh, so-called opioid epidemic. And so what I worry about is that people with a legitimate medical need for these medicines are going to be denied them uh, in the name of preventing, and often it's fentanyl deaths and stuff, which are not, you know, um, but it's like there's this this, uh, conflict there. Um, But there's another irony. Uh, If... You're say if you say that doctors are not doing a good job of alleviating suffering and symptoms and so forth, why do you trust these same doctors to help kill you? Yeah, that's very uh, good. It, it, yeah. it's a it's a very bizarre thing, uh, and again, uh, uh, it's it in most sta- in most states, in fact, in most countries where this is legal, pain is not the reason why people commit assisted suicide. It's existential issues like uh, fear of being a burden, fear of uh, losing the ability to engage in uh, enjoyable activities, yeah. uh, fear of uh, um, uh, things of that sort. These are very important issues, and they can be addressed and need to be addressed for people. You know, but it's not pain. Pain is the selling point. It's not the reason why people ultimately decide to pull this trigger. You know, I remember, um, I think this he, she was uh, Jack Kevorkian's. First victim, Janet Atkins. Yes, she uh, had uh, early Alzheimer's. Yeah, and again, uh, she she simply didn't want to live because of the limitations that uh, Alzheimer's placed on that her. That she feared in the future. In fact, a few days, uh, yeah. for people who don't remember, Jack Kevorkian ran an assisted sui- one-man assisted suicide campaign in the 90s from Michigan. And Janet Adkins was his first victim, if you will. A few days before she killed herself with his assistance, she had beat her husband in tennis. Oh, mercy. Wow. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that detail. So she had that, that she still had stamina. Yes, uh, and, she, and she was competent. And Alzheimer's vic, uh, disease patients are the next target for this movement. 
Uh, you see uh, advocacy within the uh, Compassion and Choices, which used to be more honestly called the Hemlock Society. Uh, they they push something called VSED, Voluntary Stop Eating and Drinking, which is to help people commit suicide by self-starvation and dehydration. And what happens there, and they're targeting the elderly specifically in their uh, website. You know, people, you're tired of life or you feel you've led, led a complete life, you can do this. And they have doctors who will, because that's an agonizing way to go, right? Yeah. They have doctors who will palliate <laughs> The symptoms of not eating and drinking so that the uh, suicide can be completed. You also have advocacy for um, forcing caregivers uh, so that somebody who can sign an advanced directive to force caregivers uh, to refuse spoon feeding if they uh, become mentally incompetent. Uh, and so this is really insidious because the person with the, let's say, Alzheimer's or another form of dementia may be very happy to eat, but because they signed a document before they were incompetent, uh, the caregiver is supposed to starve and dehydrate them to death. I just find that totally evil. Oh. And now you find advocacy, and I just uh, printed a piece today, published a piece today in the uh, corner at National Review, where they're saying, well, if you don't qualify for assisted suicide because you have more than six months to live, starve and dehydrate yourself until a doctor can say, well, it looks like he's going to die soon, and we can then give you assisted suicide. Of course, uh, starving yourself to death is not an illness, and these laws are supposed to only be limited to people with an illness, but nobody would do anything about it if they ever went about that because this whole um, movement corrupts everything it touches. Yeah. I mean, this is so so starving. Starving oneself becomes a qualification. Uh, it becomes death with dignity. Yeah. Starving oneself to death. Yeah, crazy, very crazy uh, stuff here. It's very nihilistic and dark and dark. And uh, these are the times in which we live. And here's if I have time for one more point. You do. Uh, there, there. A lot of uh, media now are touting these suicide parties that people are holding where they're going to commit assisted suicide and they invite all their friends to come and say goodbye and all of that stuff. Your listeners may have no intention ever of committing assisted suicide, but what are they going to do? And and I think priests need to be thinking about this to be able to help uh, their their parishioners. What if uh, Aunt Susie calls from uh, California and says, you know, uh, Grandma Jones is about to commit suicide. Uh, She has cancer. She's decided to do this. She wants you to fly out and be with her to do this. Mm. Now, do you do it? Uh, If you do, you're complicit. Right. And you're telling Grandma Jones, yeah, your life isn't worth living. If you don't do it, you could become estranged from your family because you've abandoned Grandma Jones and doing what she wanted. So priests need to be thinking about this and parishioners because this stuff is going to start coming up more regularly. Uh, Do these parties include an element of celebration? Yes. (laughs) And the media, you can look them up on, uh, you know, do a web search. Uh, I've seen several stories. I think one was in the New York Times out of Canada and so forth, touting these, you know, oh, she went on in her own way and people came and said goodbye and et cetera, et cetera. It, it's really pretty, uh, you know, and we're supposed to be an anti-suicide society. We're not an anti-suicide society anymore. Yeah. We might at best be an anti-some suicides society. Yeah. So, States like Colorado now are. Uh, did they? By, by the way, did, did you say they passed that as law? 
Um, Not in Colorado, but okay. it is the law. They did away with residency in Vermont and Oregon. Okay. So anybody can come uh, to get uh, assisted suicide. And this becomes then permission, really, for anybody in the country. Correct. Uh, it becomes uh, suicide clinics like in Switzerland, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have we seen in Switzerland uh, in other places where there's been national acceptance of this as an ethical and moral act? Once that happens, the pretext of terminal illness disappears. Uh, just one example from Switzerland. Uh, a uh, woman went there, an elderly woman, to be made dead because she was uh, um, distraught that she had lost her looks. Oh. And the first her family found out about it was when they received her urn of ashes. Uh, oh. in the I mean, that's how uncompassionate this can be. I mean, of course, in Canada, we've discussed before, uh, there's been a wholehearted jumping into the uh, euthanasia abyss uh, in that country. Um, the only thing that's barely holding now is uh, they want to make it legal for the mentally ill. And uh, that's been held up, but it's because they don't have enough psychiatrists to do it. <laughs> uh, the, the the mentally ill are uh, being killed uh, by euthanasia in the Netherlands and in Belgium, conjoined with organ donation. Often uh, the, the organ donation is also part of euthanasia in Canada, where if somebody asks to be killed, and this is lethal injection, by the way, um, the doctor will, in Ontario and Quebec, the doctor will tell the um, organ donation organization, and they will contact the person to be killed and ask for their livers. And by the way, these people do not get offered suicide prevention, but they do get asked for their organs. That's amazing, in that they there are not enough psychiatrists to consult on these cases. Even, <laughs> I mean, and and in Canada, part of it is their medical system. Uh, people have a very difficult time uh, getting specialists to treat serious illnesses. So there have been two cases recently of people diagnosed with cancer who wanted treatment, couldn't get treatment for months, and so chose euthanasia. Um, that's so tragic. So tragic. Uh, Wes, thanks. Uh, talking with you again. See why I'm so much fun at parties. Yeah, I, I know. But I, it, we really need to do this and make uh, our listeners aware yes. of this uh, frontier. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Wes Smith, again, I encourage you to stay in touch with Wes's work. Uh, you can go to um, X, formerly known as Twitter, at the Wesley J. Smith. Easy. And he writes regularly in National Review and First Things.